I just, I think I need more snare in my headphone. This is it, man. Welcome, welcome to the, the Archer and Snack Show. Yeah, it's been a long time. People have been waiting for this for years. Welcome, welcome to the, the Archer and Snack Show. I'm Snack Bar. And I'm Archer. People have been waiting for this for years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, these guys, they, they like took the show off from Seinfeld. So they're like doing the banter on Seinfeld. But then they add like fart and queef and dick and balls in, in it. And Seinfeld was like a clean show, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then, but this one's like it. So it's like the banter from Seinfeld, but with like, but dirty. All right. So that's like the idea behind it. Okay. So, but uh, it's, uh, it's pretty out there. It's only for like a certain group of people. Like the, I'm sure there's some people that will listen to it and be completely offended. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how many seasons or episodes I should say? Um, I think they've been doing it since 2014. So it's like eight years and there's probably 450 episodes maybe. And you've listened to them all? I've listened to the, all of them the three times through. It's it's my favorite, like hands down by far, my favorite one. Yeah. And there are two comedians on there. They also do stand-up comedy. And so I've gone to see their stand-up because I like them so much. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, they're like... Uh, they're like my favorite guys. This, yeah. So I like I I listen to it one day and then I I listen to it for like a year live, yeah. like maybe pre-pandemic, like 2017, and then um, I liked them so much. I was like, I want to find out how I can get the old ones because it only went back so far on Apple Podcast to get the old ones, and then so I went back and tried. It just I found like from 150 to 450. That's all you could find. Okay. And, um, and I, uh, so I listened to all of those, loved it so much, re-listened to all of them again, wow. then re-listened to them a third time because my dad started listening. So when he started listening, I listened with him Okay. and then we talked about it. And, um, okay. and then on Patreon, they have a Patreon. You can pay like $10 a month on Patreon and I'm a Patreon member for them. They're wow. the, they're the only account I have on Patreon <laughs> and they, they play like the, they call them OGs. So they found, they got the rights to their first 150 that I've never listened to. And now they're playing those ones so I can hear those ones too. Oh, wow. But it's not as good because they're like new and like learning, but it's still, I mean, they're professional speakers, so they're still somewhat good. Better than us. I would love <laughs> to listen to the very first few ones and see how they do and how they uh, evolve over time and how it is now. Yeah, it's completely different okay. from the first ones. Like you're, they're like, oh, it's not. You could tell, like, oh wow, they've improved a lot. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully, we'll do the same. <laughs> I hope so. Should we start the show? Might as well. All right. Let's, let's do it. Hey, everybody! Welcome to sports betting with Archer and Snack Bar. But we're not doing that title anymore. We're going to switch the titles. Yeah, let's uh, Jake and Scott now. Okay, so sports betting with Jake and Scott. Welcome to the new show. We're starting right now. <laughs> we'll start it up. Um, Your name's Scott? Yeah, I'm Scott. Uh, I'll be Jake then. Okay, you be Jake, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, I think this is our f fourth episode, and um, going to talk about sports betting some more. 
until <laughs> until you're sick of it. <laughs> How's your week been? Uh, it's been going pretty good. Um, I was actually just looking at the final results right now for today. Yeah, I, I was just putting them in. I, I was wondering more what, how your results are doing. Didn't you get a bunch of picks in today? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you? Get? I think it was like thirty-three or something like that. I should double check to see what it is. Have you recorded all this? I've seen I've seen them all. Um, I was doing like really good in the afternoon, okay. and then the bets that have been coming in at night, mostly NBA bets, I've lost a bunch in a row. Okay. So I mean, I was like having a killer day, and then I kind of came back down to earth. Okay. So it was a little bit of a bummer there, but um, you've been absolutely killing it. I've been I have I've had like a really good week. This is this might. In sports betting, this might be the best week I've ever had in the history of my sports betting. I, your graph looks insane. Yeah, the graph's not real. It just seems like it's fake. It seems like all of a sudden I was like, I'm just going to put some fake data in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like. Honestly, right? it looks like it just took off. Yeah. It looks like a normal, for the last two months, ever since we've been doing the $10,000 bankroll, where I started with a $10,000 bankroll for team bets, yeah. you started with a $10,000 bankroll for player props. I started it a little over 60 days ago for mine and it looked like it looks like a normal graph for like 53 days it's still got a nice curve on it or you still got a nice trend i should say yeah like the overall thing yeah it looks like it's like it's slowly going up if you just look at the overall especially in two months though extrapolate that over a, a whole year that's an unbelievable return if it keeps the, on going. Yeah, yeah. The way before you even hit your, your current streak. So Yeah. We'll see what happens. But, but yeah, the graph looked like a normal graph up until like seven days ago. And then it just like inclined up really a lot and it almost looks fake to me. So what'd you do differently? What what's the Well it's what I was talking about last yeah. week. How I think what happened was is because you if you look at the graph you can see it declines. And if you follow us on TikTok at you bet smart, you can see the graph on there. I posted it on okay. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, kind of at the beginning of January, maybe a little bit past the beginning of January, I started, dec- started declining. I had gotten the $10,000 bankroll up to $17,000. And then for the next, like, let's say 14 days, something around there, it like slowly declined. And I think that was due to me looking at all of my bets ahead of time more earlier than I normally do. I was looking at, I was researching bets the night before rather than the day of or like two hours before the game start. And so I slowly started going down. Luckily, I wasn't as confident in the bets. So I had lower percentages. I I only bet like 1% or 2% on each bet. Yeah. So it was like a slow decline. Yeah. Mainly because of Snack Bar Sports Picks, I was trying to get this other podcast and doing it every day, every night. And so I was researching for that podcast and I was kind of forcing the bets, which I shouldn't be doing. I know I shouldn't do that. And I was unconfident, so I'd lower the stars and it wasn't going very well. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know what? Screw it. I, I mean, I don't want this to keep on getting lower and lower. So I'm just going to not do the podcast for right now. I'll figure out a way to do it differently later. And I'm going to get back to how I normally bet on sports, which is like a couple hours before the game start. And so I went back to doing that. Yeah. Kind of started all over too, because I really focused heavily more on fading the fanatics 
yeah. the, the the term that we just uh, came up with this week. Yeah. Um. So I've a lot of it is more towards fading the fanatics. Like I'm fading the public like crazy over the last like six or seven days, and um, also with a little bit of a twist. Um, every single pick that I've done in the last seven days uh, cannot have more than forty percent of the public betting on that side. Okay. So it's got, it's usually anywhere. It's usually like around 30% of the public is betting on the side. Yeah. And then at the same time, usually, so let's say if the public is betting on a side 70% of the time, usually the line moves towards it because there's too much money over there. So the bookies, they don't want too much money. So they move it up. So people start betting on the opposite, the other side. Exactly. And, um, in this case, every single bet, the public was not on the side, and it's called reverse line movement. The line moved away from the public. Oh wow! Okay. So I uh, so every single bet was like that. Every single bet moved away from the public. Had to move away from the public, and the public was drastically on the opposite side that I was. Why do you think it was moving away from the public? That's a good question. I mean, I don't the. The answer is, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of different reasons why. I think the main thing that tells you, though, is that the bookies know something that we don't know. Okay. And the bookies are still so confident, even though they have all the money on one side. So if the public is betting 70% on one side, then that means the bookies are um, they're, they're too far on one side. So they... They don't want, they want, a, they want it to be 50, 50 Exactly. because if everything's 50, 50, then they automatically make money. Yeah. If it's 70, 30 and they lose that bet, they're going to lose a bunch of money, uh-huh. the bookies. So they want it to be 50, 50. So what it tells me is if it's 70, 30 and they're moving the line the other way, they want people to be on that side. Yeah. So they know information that the public doesn't know. Okay. I- it's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> it, it's kind of a conspiracy theory in a way if you think about it. Well, I think it's a good assumption and it's making sense. Obviously your graph's doing something, right? <laughs> yeah. And so in the past, that's just like one filter that I do. Uh-huh. Like since we've been doing team, since I've been doing team bets for you bet smart over the last, like, I don't know what, like five years or so. Yeah. So I've been in charge of it. That's one filter. Yeah. And that's a filter that I do like Yeah, is the fading. The fanatics is one filter. Yeah. And then the second one is line movement. Mm-hmm. And I usually go towards the line movement. Yeah, so right. let's say the Dallas Cowboys are minus seven and then it moves to minus eight. Mm-hmm. I like betting the Cowboys, even though I just lost a point rather than the other side. Okay. So that's one filter. Yeah. And then I put in a lot of other filters, yeah, like okay. eight other filters. Yeah. But this week to answer your question, I know that was a really long story <laughs> to answer the question. Yeah. I just focused on those two filters. Wow. And I sprinkled in a third filter every once in a while just to see if I wanted it to go to four stars or five stars. Okay. But the first two filters, the fading the fanatics and going with the line. Okay. Those that if those two things hit, it was automatically a three star on every single bet. And that's how I got the bets. Wow. Unless it was a soccer bet. This is just for basketball, hockey, and uh, college basketball. Yeah. It was for those three sports. And um, it had to be within a 
two hours before the game. Okay. So that was another thing. It did have to be two hours before the game. In fact, an interesting thing is I was killing it this morning and I had to do something with my family for these night games. Yeah. So instead of doing all these night games two hours before the game, I did it like four hours before the game. Yeah. And I didn't do that great this tonight. I'll, yeah, we'll have to record that over time and see. Yeah. Cause it was, I, I know you did have a, a dip and you weren't using the same strategy because you were focusing on getting the picks out for the other podcast mm-hmm. the night before. And yeah. You were talking about how it's hard to do that. And it's not, it was kind of going against your system. And so it seemed like you made that adjustment and your results speak for themselves. So. Yeah. I just still want to do the, the podcast, the Snack Bar Sports Picks. Yeah. It just seems fun to do one like every five minutes and it gets the word out about you, Bet Smart. Yeah. So I want to do it. I just have to figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. So my day job, I'm pu- I'm working on getting it so I could be home by a certain time so I could do it at two o'clock. Okay. So while I'm doing my picks at two yeah. with this strategy, I'll record it too. I'll like talk about it maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure something out. I like it. Yeah. Or just not do it. I love doing this podcast. This is fun. Yeah, this one is. I look forward to talking to you. <laughs> once a week about all this yeah there's a lot going on each week yeah that we have to cover so. you've had a good week though yeah um not as good as yours but it's still a good week i mean i looked yeah. over your stats a little bit last night mm-hmm. and i saw that you had one day where it was like six and one you're like a six oh, I, had it, I think it was eight and one eight and one eight. okay so that was a reasonable night obviously and then i had a five and oh last night oh wow nice and then tonight it looks like uh one, two, three, four, five, six and one. Okay. What's your $10,000 bank? Oh, you're six and one today? Yeah. Oh, wow. But I did put one out That's for pretty- the NFL too. Uh, 6226 for... Um, you're up $6,000. Yeah, over exactly. 6, and that's, um, what is it? 26 days. It seems unreal. We're really uh, coming in strong, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a good start to the year. It is, because I think I'm at like, I'm a little over 9000 <laughs> Unbelievable. And you're at 6000 so let's just say that's like $15,000. Yeah. On a, I mean, well, to be fair, we would probably have to say that's on a $20,000 bankroll. I think, I think that's a fair thing to do. Because you made a good point one time when we were thinking about like doing this $10,000 bankroll thing. And telling everybody about showing everybody how we do this, you know, and uh, you made a good point. You're like, well, what if you have like 33 bets on a Saturday and I also have like 10 or 15 bets? Yeah, that's too many bets for a $10,000 bankroll. Yeah, we'll run out of our our, out of our bankroll. Yeah. So we split them up. You have a 10,000. I have a 10,000. So saying that we're up $15,000 it should be on a $20,000 bankroll. So instead of being up 150%, we're up like 75%. Yeah. But I mean, a 70, we're up 75% in like the first couple months. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost unreal. It's yeah. almost like you didn't want it. We didn't want to do that. We want people <laughs> to believe what we're doing. <laughs> but yeah, it is only one month and we've had plenty of pullbacks. So we can't get ahead of ourselves. We got to stay humble and, We'll look at at it over the end of the year and see where we're at. But I, I honestly feel like, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if we didn't double our money or, or triple it or something by the end of the year. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're 
almost there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we should, but you never know. Because yeah. you have times where you have, um, not bull markets, but bear markets. You have bear markets yeah. a lot in sports betting. So it's going to happen. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we double it, especially since we're almost there already. Yeah. But yeah, it reminds me, uh, we do have an announcement though, which is kind of cool because since people might not believe us that we're doing so good, um, we do have YouBetSmart.com where you can sign up and get all of our picks um, and it's $50 a month. But we have an announcement where we've decided we're going to give one month free. So if you sign up, you put in your email, you pick a password, and for one month, for 30 days, you get everything for free so you can see all the picks. You don't even have to bet them. You can just see if we're lying or not. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we have to prove this. I think we even agreed that we'll, we might even go with the $25 a month. Yeah, right now. I was just saying that because right now, if somebody like actually listened to this and signed up, yeah, it's, it's 50, 50 yeah. but we want it to be $25 a month. We're yeah. working with our, our guys yeah. To put the twenty five dollars a month on there, yeah. Um, so for our customers now who paid fifty, next month, hopefully by next month it'll be twenty five dollars a month. Yeah, exactly. And then the first thirty days is free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. <clears throat> and uh, we definitely can't promise that we'll keep our prices that low, especially especially with returns like this. But we have to get some people on board to get the word out. And it does kind of open up the market for people who don't have $10,000 to invest yeah, that's or 20,000. Like if people just want to put, like, cause I think most sports bettors who are casual sports bettors, yeah. they go onto DraftKings, They probably put like a hundred to a thousand dollars on there. Yeah. So let's say if you just put a thousand dollars on there and you're paying us $25 a month, you would have still made like $750 this month. Yeah. I mean, I, that's just off the top of my head, but it's something like that. Yeah. Which is still good for $25. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but yeah i, I um i i think the 25 dollars is reasonable to where we could start bringing some people on and and then eventually we'll have to if we get too many people betting one side it's gonna mess the lines up for everybody so at some point we'll probably have to raise them back up yeah that's the plan i i think we've talked about it before i don't i'm just speaking for myself yeah this doesn't have to be what the rule is I kind of want to keep the you bet smart community at like a thousand, like cap it at a thousand people. Yeah. So that in, in the market of all of the world, a thousand isn't that much. So we don't make too much of a splash, Yeah. especially on player props. Yeah. Um, there's other guys that I follow, like a really popular competitor of ours, but I don't think of it as competitors. I think of it as collaborators. Yeah. But a, another one is Sportsline, and Sportsline, when they put out a podcast, they have a guy named Prop Stars. I think it's at Prop Stars on Twitter. Okay. I like him. I can't remember. I think his name's Alex. Okay. And when he puts that's such a popular podcast, and he's a popular picker for player props, and when he puts out a player prop, it automatically moves. Let's say he does like over eighty receiving yards. Yeah. The bookies move. There's so many people listening and so many people playing those. They automatically like put it up to like minus 160, wow. or they put it up from like 80 receiving yards if it's an over to like 90. They like completely screw everybody over so they can't do the bet. Wow. And I think it's because it's CBS. It's CBS. It's Sportsline. It's the number one podcast, and they can't um, 
they uh, they have too many listeners. They have too many people, and they're twenty five dollars a month, I think, maybe even less. So my point is, is I want to keep the community small. Yeah. And the only way to keep it small is we can't just like refuse people, but we can raise the prices up. Yeah. So if we raise the prices up as we go, then that means that if you want to stay on board, you your bet is protected. It's kind of like protecting the bet of our customers. Yeah. Because it kind of sucks if you're like a customer of Sportsline and you're like, I, I pay this money and I want to bet these bets. Yeah. But then when you go to place the bet, you can't bet it yeah. because it's too high. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Especially in player props, it's it doesn't take much money to move the line. And so if one person's recommending it and he's got a bunch of followers, that line's gone. Yeah. Which totally had me thinking about something. We could almost do the reverse strategy of that. We could listen to that guy, get his pick, watch the line move, and the line will move so much that we could bet the opposite. Yeah, we, I thought about that too. I think that they probably... I looked into a couple of those. Okay. And they do move it out of reach to where... So Alex, what he does is he says, I want uh, T. Higgins over 50 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Go do that right now. Yeah. By the end of the podcast, they even announce it on the podcast. By the end of it, the guy who like leads the podcast, I forget what his name is, he's like, he goes... They already moved the lines. It's it's over 55 and a half. And what happens is Alex will say when he makes the bet, he says over 50 and a half, I'll play this all the way to 54 and a half. Okay. And then they'll move it to 55 and a half, like one over what he says he would play it to. But then right there is in like, I think I like your idea, but I think they move it into the dead man zone to where it should be. It should be at 55 and a half. Okay. So it's no longer a good bet to bet over, okay. but it's still not also good to bet under because it's just where it should be. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I th- yeah, that's a good point. I've seen a lot of, but it's a good, it's a good idea to do that yeah. if they do it too much, if yeah, they go yeah. crazy. I was kind of exaggerating when I was first telling it, but they put it right there, like right where he says he would take it to. Okay. That's pretty impressive that he has that much uh, clout in the industry or that it's, many followers yeah yeah i don't know i i mean i follow him on twitter i like the way he like thinks of things he's like and also another thing is i could tell that he um i could tell that he likes unders more but he tries to find overs for people because like the betting public likes to root for people yeah they don't like to root against people mm-hmm and he tries to find as many overs as he can. That, that that's the ones that he gives out. Okay. Is, is a lot of overs just to like so people are rooting for people and not against people. Does he actually say that? Uh no, that I that's all my conjecture. Okay. I am completely putting words in his I, mouth. The only reason I'm asking is cuz you know how we used to only bet unders for a while because the overs uh, they just weren't nearly as profitable, so it wasn't as as worth it for our time. But um Yeah. Now it's like the overs are becoming more popular for us. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they've, they've adjusted the lines a little bit to where they're more over-friendly at the, at, right now. So I'm wondering if he's seeing the same thing. And that's why he's doing it. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Yeah. Know. You're the player prop expert. I, I honestly, I don't even look at those markets anymore because I'm okay. so zoned in on team markets. Maybe that's it. That yeah. could be it. I'm curious because I feel like it's really easy to... <clears throat> Or it's kind of easier to find one guy that's going to go under because it's a really tough matchup for him. 
So maybe, the, and I know we were abusing the unders for a while. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they just adjusted, and they just took that took down the lines as a whole a little bit because we're doing so many overs right now. We never used to do this many, and it's not like the algorithms change that much over the years. It's just the the bets that are coming out are different. And you're doing good on the player props, so the overs are working. Yeah. And I've also noticed that a little bit in this last week where I've had the surge. Yeah. Is I've had way more overs than unders in this week. Wow. Which huh. is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, I mean, we've only been doing this, like, quote, unquote, professionally, like, for money to, like, with a strategy um, for, like, what, 10, uh, 15 years since I've been doing it since 2008. So what is that? 14 years. And I could imagine at the beginning, I noticed unders, unders, unders. And then now it's flowed towards overs, overs, overs. Maybe let's say we did this for 50 years. Yeah. Maybe there's a natural flow of like overs to unders to overs to unders. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to see it when you're in it to see the whole pig picture. Yeah, definitely. But I could see like a, a waves. And we're just on like an over wave right now. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's the end of the podcast. No, um, anything else you want to talk about from your week that you could think about or that you can think of? Um, I don't know. I kind of butchered a few things on the last podcast. That I'd like to start off with uh, just clarifying. I I was trying to make the point that one of the advantages of investing in sports is that it's not correlated with other markets like uh, crypto and stocks. And so if basically if Bitcoin crashes or if the stock market crashes, it's not going to affect your overall uh, sports betting portfolio. So that's kind of a cool advantage to why you want to have an alternative investment in sports. And then I also said um, firewall a, a few times when I meant paywall. But I remember when yeah. you did that too. Yeah. Okay. And I... I, I should correct you when we're on the podcast because yeah. I did hear you say firewall and I was like, in my head, I don't know, when you're on a podcast when we're talking to a bunch of people, I think you're supposed to correct people because yeah. because we it needs you. to be correct. But in like real life, mm -hmm. if somebody says like messes up, you kind of come across as a dick if you're like always correcting their, you're like, oh, you meant to say this word. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So yeah. in my head, I'm like, I think he means paywall, not firewall, in my head, but I kept it to myself. Yeah, I'm sure it's obvious. I was just trying to clarify because I said yeah. it a couple of times. So. Well, I'll try to be, I need to remember to be a dick on the podcast. <laughs> because just yell at me, make, make a funny joke <laughs> or something. Yeah, because I, um, I said it in my head. I totally corrected you in my head on okay. that one. Okay. But uh, I'll try to remember. I mean, I messed up a bunch of times. I had, when the last podcast I said, the well, Two podcasts ago, I said, I'm going to chill it on the drinks. And I think I had like two. And I, when I listen back to the podcast, I'm so critical of myself. And I sound like, I, I, I got to be honest, I, I can't stand myself. I'm I like, felt the same way about the third podcast about myself. Did you? Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. I could tell I was like, I slurred my words. Like when I, once I got to like minute 30, 35, I started like slurring my words pretty bad. I said I was only gonna I was gonna keep it under two. Yeah, I was partying all day with my parents. Uh, They're yeah. kind of party animals. With my wife and my parents, <laughs> and we were playing games. I think I had like seven <laughs> before you came over. That's hilarious. And so um, I could really tell. So I'm gonna try to today. I didn't drink at all. 
Um, I mean, we, we have our traditional drink for the show, but, um, I'm really going to try to not drink. So I don't sound like a, like an idiot. (laughs) Well, it makes the the show a little more entertaining and less stressful too. When you have a drink, do you notice this too? I feel like, I feel like, um, it needs to slow down a little bit. The show? Yeah. Just the way that we talk. I feel like it goes a little too fast. I'm even going to try to like slow down right now during this sentence because it's just like, I I feel like it's like, whoa, whoa take it easy, guys. I believe it. Okay. You feel the same thing? I, I can see that. Okay. Maybe it's just because we're new to this and it's like a little nerve wracking yeah. recording your conversations. Yeah. So you're like, you like speed up a little bit. Yeah. So I'm going to try to like slow it down a little bit All if right. we can. Yeah. I'll try to be observant of that as well. I saw this thing on TikTok. I've been like obsessed with TikTok lately. <laughs> My wife got me into it because she like sits in bed before she goes to sleep and just um, watches TikTok videos for like an hour. Yeah. And so my TikTok algorithm isn't like this anymore. But at the beginning, it had a lot of like speech thing. I was probably looking up like how, how should I speak in public? Okay. And so I, there's this one guy who says that after each sentence or... After each time that you make a point, you should take a pause. <laughs> and so I need to practice that. There you go. Instead of going right on to the next sentence. It's working right now. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see if I can keep it up for another 30 minutes. I can't believe we've already been uh, talking for 30 minutes. And we still haven't even yeah. <laughs> covered most of the shit. We haven't even gotten to page two. Uh, Oh, wow. Okay. We do have we do have pages. Oh yeah. Um I had a question um cuz we we were talking about notes and and about um or I was looking at the notes and we were talking about your week. Um you said that you had been up this was off mic, but you said that you had been up $720 since losing the Sabonis bet. That was from last week and that was before tonight's bets were recorded. Okay. So the that was from last week. Yeah. And you were up 720. Like since, if you're asking where am I at before. Before today. Yeah, before today. Yeah, so before today you were up 720 since the bonus. Why, my question is, why is the Sabonis bet like your point of concern? Because that, that was the last time, when we had uh, this segment on the last show, that that was the bet that I lost, the four star. And it, I'm still devastated about it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still don't understand. So no, you... I'm just saying, like, where am I at? Um, how much have I had like a return from the last uh, time we had a podcast? And the Sabonis bet was the last one I've made. So I'm just going from from that bet that I lost last to today, before tonight's wins. I was up seven. So yeah, it's... the Sabonis bet was the one from the podcast last week. Exactly. And we even talked about, you even said, oh, I lost it on, it was in real time on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. I remember now. So you n- think I would like. So I- from that point till this morning, I was up 720, but then I went uh, six and one tonight. Nice. Um, that night that you went eight and one, I was looking at your stats last night and I was like, oh, wow, look at this. He went eight and one. I thought it was the same night that I went six and one. Oh, shit. So I went to go check to see like what we did that day. Yeah. But it was off by one day. So, but it's still one of these times we'll hit it at the same night and the customer's account's going to pop up real, real nice. And that's the cool thing about having a player prop and a team like strategy is just built into the strategy is like, um, 
kind of a diversification a little bit. It is. You know? There's diversification <clears throat> there's diversification in teams and props and then with all the different teams and props like one of your teams isn't highly correlated with another team, you know, and one of my props isn't highly correlated with another one's. And then we're doing different sports and different categories. Like, yeah, you're not doing just money line. You're doing over under and spread and I don't know. And I'm doing a bunch of different categories. So there's a lot of diversification. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to talk about the, like the legality of, at, I don't think, have we ever brought up on the podcast that we're from California? I don't know that we have. I don't think so. So we're from California. Yeah. And it's illegal to bet on sports here. So we actually don't bet on sports. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we do. We just find our find ways around it. Yeah. But um, it's really a bummer because uh, if you don't know, if you're not from California, um, last year in 2022, we had on the ballot to make sports betting legal. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is now. I should have looked it up. I think the last time I looked, it was 33 states. It's legal. Okay. It's federally illegal. But in the last, um, I think uh, f- after 2022, there's 33 states. There might be more now where it's legal. California, it was supposed to, well, we voted for it to be legal in, um, in 2022 but it got defeated by a landslide. Mm -hmm. And it was the first state to ever have it up for ballot in like in the last five years and it not go through. And it was, it was beat like 83% to like 17%. Why do you, do you have any idea why that is? I don't know either. Um, I'm curious. I don't know if it's a, I I don't know. I'd be speculating. I honestly have no idea. It looks like it's 36 states are now legal uh, 36 now okay according to google yeah i um i uh i watched this um this youtube video where this guy who i can't remember his name um he owns a bunch of card places in the state of washington it's called maverick casinos something something maverick and he's named it after his son um and he's up against he's like suing all so he wants to have sports gambling in his casinos but they're not allowing him because the the reservations like the the native american reservations in the state of washington have kind of like a stranglehold on that and they don't want they're not allowing him i guess they're like lobbying with state politicians i believe it so that other people can't have sports betting in their casinos and he's suing them Okay. And so even though Washington state, it, it is legal to bet on sports. It's just he, even though he has a, he's allowed to have like these gambling uh, places. Yeah. He's not allowed to have sports bet, sports betting in there. So I, I just like, I feel like it has something to do with the native American reservations that they're not, they're like lobbying against it. And I think that's what happened in California. Dude, honestly, I was, that's my gut feeling. And I, honestly wouldn't blame them for not wanting that to happen because yeah. it would take some business away from them. And yeah, I just, I don't know that for sure, but that's my gut. But why wouldn't like, why wouldn't they want it to be like, so if native American reservations in California, if they have, um, and we might not know the answer to this, but if they have casinos, like they're a lot, like where are 
five minutes from a casino, Hawaiian Gardens. Yeah. And that's an Indian reservation casino. Yeah. If they allowed sports betting there, wouldn't they make more money? Well, maybe it would just go to online because people don't want to have to go into the casino. And Could, maybe, maybe they'll just do some other big website and not the... Yeah. Any casino's website, you know. So couldn't know. they make it like the state of Washington? The state of Washington has it so the reservations are the only ones allowed to sports bet. Wow, okay. And they create websites like local Washington state websites. Wow. Like you're not allowed to go to DraftKings and FanDuel. Okay. You have to bet on sports on those websites. Okay. Why can't California why don't they do that here? That makes sense. Like Hawaiian Gardens is the one that we're close to. Yeah. Like they can have you go to hawaiiangardens.com and bet on sports there. I like it. Sign me up. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like they would make, why don't they, I don't, yeah, I, I, I must be missing it, something. It. I don't understand. I feel like I'm missing something there. I don't understand. I saw one of the arguments against it and they were saying if they legalize it in California, then there'll be a lot of profiteering going on, like companies trying to make a bunch of money. But I mean, that's what companies do. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what, uh, like, capitalism is that's what that's like so if you're not if you don't want companies to profit profit off of their isn't that anti-american isn't that un-american it sounds like it i don't know i got a big opinion about that i just had to get that one off my chest yeah i'm glad you brought it up and i'm we're looking forward to the day where we can legally bet on sports here yeah you want to talk about some games coming up yeah which game specifically the football or yeah Tomorrow, okay. I'm going to try to get this podcast out tomorrow morning, okay. if I can. Okay. Um, and so that means today, uh, we have the conference championships for the NFL. Uh-huh. You like anybody in that? Or do you have any bets in that? Um, I, I have one player prop. I'll, oh, do you? I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll release it when we, we get to that part. Okay. Uh, <laughs> A little I, teaser? Yeah, exactly. I'll what just, does it involve? Does it, what, which game is it on? It's on the Chiefs game. Okay. I have two picks on the Chiefs game, too. Okay. Which I normally don't do, too. I normally don't like to be on both a, a spread bet and an over-under. Yeah. But I'm so hot this week, I'm just going to keep going with it. <laughs> I'm going to break a few rules. It's the shooter's touch. You got to go with it. Yeah, you got it's the uh, heat check. Yeah, I like it. Um, so who do, you, what do you, who do you like on these games? Just oh doesn't have to be a bet. Yeah, I've been looking at it. Uh, just looking at random stats about the matchups, and honestly, it uh, they're, they're both really impressive games. They're both evenly matched, and uh, it looks like uh, the San Francisco versus Philly. Philly is favored by two and a half on DraftKings, so obviously that's a close matchup. And I think the Niners, that game, uh, oh, the Chiefs are favored by a point and a half. So both of them are really close. Yeah, they're both close, and and uh, I think I read that this is the only the fourth time in the history that all four teams are fourteen game winners. I saw that too, which is pretty good. Like so, like these are the four teams, and you really feel like maybe minus the Bills, but like you feel like these four teams do deserve to be in it. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're stacked. Yeah. Um, Philly was 14 and three on the season. They had the most sacks in the league and the oh, did they? third most in NFL history. Whoa. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Philly gives up the least passing yards in the league, which makes sense if they're sacking people so much. Hmm. And then the Niners are a uh, 13 and four. <laughs> Purdy is unbeaten in seven career starts. 
The Niners are second in rushing defense and top 10 against the QB rush. And, you know, um, Philly loves the rush, like the QB or whatever. Yeah, they're good at um, rushing. They, they've had a lot of... Um, Jalen Hurd. Yeah, and the Phillies have had... I can see why they would have the third most sacks in NFL history because I believe that they, they've drafted defensive linemen in the first and second round, like almost every year in the last like five years. Okay. That, I mean, you got to double check on that. That could be a complete <clears throat> fabrication, but I think that they've really focused on having a defensive line mm-hmm. and having a defensive line where let's say they have four defensive starting defensive linemen, they swap them out. So their backup four defensive linemen yeah. are just like a starting defensive line. So they have eight defensive linemen and they just rotate them throughout the game. So they sit, so they stay fresh wow. the entire game. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I was looking at uh, Hertz. He he's obviously been killing it rushing this year, and um, the Niners. Like I said, they're the top ten against the QB rush, and they have Nick Bosa, who has an NFL high eighteen and a half sacks. Oh wow! Which I was pretty impressed with that. The defensive game. They yeah. both have really good defensive linemen. Yeah. Or Bosa might is he a defensive lineman or a linebacker? He might be a linebacker. I think a defensive end, right? Oh, maybe he is a defensive end. Oh yeah, it says it right here. Niners defensive end Nick Bosa. Um, I like the Eagles. I, I mean, not as a bet. I just I'm rooting for the Eagles. I had um, so every year at the beginning of each season. So for NBA, NHL, NFL, I pick a team to win the Super Bowl. And I have rules set up for it. Mm-hmm. It can't be a favorite. It has okay. to be a team that is like at least 15 to 1, like plus 1,500 or more. Okay. And, um, and this year, I usually base it off of at the beginning of the season, it has to be a team that's not expected and then also has to have a really good offensive line and a really good defensive line. And that's basically the, I look to see like, what's an underdog offensive line, a good team with a good offensive line, a good defensive line, and they're an underdog. Okay. And the Eagles came up at the beginning of the season. The only problem with the Eagles was it was, they were like plus 1300, Okay. I think. And so they didn't qualify for how I wanted to, I couldn't get myself to bet on them for the Super Bowl. So instead I did a big play on wins. Because the wins was only at nine and a half. Wow. So I've been rooting for the Eagles all year. Yeah. Because I had that over on nine and a half wins for the season. Yeah. That was my big, huge bet that I bet for uh, this NFL season. Yeah. So I've kind of like became like an Eagles fan this year, even though my team's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so I'm kind of like, I'd want them to like finish it out because I've been rooting for them all year. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. It should be exciting. I, I, uh, I really like their chances. Yeah, I mean they're they're a really good team. Um, yeah, the Niners are pretty tough too. Thirteen and four, that's a that's gonna be a good matchup. Yeah, they're both good ball clubs. You can tell the Niners are really good because Purdy yeah. is their third string quarterback, and I'm not taking anything away from him. I really haven't seen him play that much. He could be really good, but um, to have a third string quarterback and the line isn't moving at all, mm-hmm. like. When he comes in the game, you usually a third string quarterback moves the line a lot because the quarterback is so uh, important to an NFL football team, and the line doesn't move at all for him. And I don't think that 
that has to do with him being as good as Garoppolo. I think it has to do with the rest of the team is so good. Yeah, I could see that. But, I mean. Purdy's been doing good as well. We'll see. This is going to be his toughest matchup. Yeah. What's the other game? The other game is the Chiefs. The Chiefs and the Bengals? And the Bengals. Yeah. And the Bengals are like, they. I think they've won, what, nine in a row? Ten in a row? I'm not exactly sure on the win. Um, They're on a winning streak. I know that. Bengals twelve and four in the season, and the and the Chiefs they uh, they have uh, Patrick Mahomes who got hurt the last game. Did you watch that game at all? I didn't, but it, yeah, it sounds like he went out for a little while. Uh, he may have gone out. I started watching it at halftime, and I had if you're a YouBetSmart dot com member, twenty five dollars gets yeah. you the whole month for free, <laughs> or if it doesn't get you for free, <laughs> give us twenty five dollars, we'll give you something back for free. No, uh, $25 gets you the whole month, but you can sign up now and get one month for free. Exactly. But if you were a member, last weekend, one of the bets was Kansas City Chiefs minus eight and a half when they were playing Jacksonville. My dad also, he came over, we watched the game together. He likes to do these like heavy favorite parlays where he takes two teams who are like huge favorites. He puts them together in a bet and it brings them from like, they're both minus 400 down to like minus 200 and he bets like a hundred dollars to win fifty dollars i'm not i i hope he doesn't hear this he, you should not be doing those bets <laughs> when he tells me about him i just like nod my head and go like all right well i hope you win man but uh so he had uh he had the chiefs because they were minus eight and a half but all they had to do was win the game okay and then he had one of the other teams that was favored big okay uh, can't remember. Maybe the Niners. They might have been favored big, so he might have had the Niners and Chiefs, and he won the bet. Okay. But um, if you were a YouBetSmart.com member, you had minus eight and a half. And so me and my dad, we started watching the game at halftime, and we noticed that Patrick Mahomes was not putting any pressure down on that leg. Uh, and we're both like, shit. Like, it does, it's not looking good. Like, I felt like Jacksonville had a chance to come back, and they did. They like almost came back, but then the Chiefs pulled away from him at the end. Okay, they were up by ten, and then Jacksonville, with like twenty six seconds left, got a little trash field goal to try to like do an onside. Oh wow! And so they got the field goal. So the Chiefs only won by seven. Yeah, we, I saw it was a pretty close game on paper. On paper, it was yeah. close. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the good news about that, and I'm not like. I don't wish anybody ever to get hurt. Um, but when Patrick Mahomes, when like a star quarterback like that, this kind of like sets up why we're betting this this week, why this is one of my picks. When Patrick Mahomes, when uh, like the whole nation watched that game, a lot of sports better watched that game, and they saw Patrick Mahomes hobbling around. So there's a lot of news like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Turns out he is going to play. Yeah. But um, that line really moves towards, um, not the Chiefs. I'm drawing a blank right Bengals. now. The Bengals. Thank okay. you. It really moves towards the Bengals. Yeah. And uh, so it's minus one and a half, I think, for the Chiefs. Yeah. I bet you, I would bet you that if Patrick Mahomes didn't get hurt, it would at least be minus three, That's at least, and maybe even more. I could see that. 
But um, uh, since that happened, the public saw that so much, yeah. and the Bengals have won nine in a row. If you watch that Bengals game, they talked about how great the Bengals are doing. They just beat the Bills. Everybody's really high on the Bengals. Yeah. They're really low on the Chiefs. So if you look at the line, the public is hammering the Bengals. All right. Just hammering the Bengals. And I think when this, this came out, when this line came out, it might have been either a pick or minus one, something like that. Okay. And the lines moved towards the Chiefs, even though the public is hammering the Bengals. Okay. So that's a pick. That's that's a youbetsmart.com team pick. Because the the public is hammering the Bengals, mm-hmm. but the line moved towards the Chiefs. It moved away from the Bengals. Yeah. And that's that qualifies as one of the picks that I've been doing this whole week on this hot streak. There you go. So it is. It's a two star I made it a two star pick yeah. and not a three star pick because the NFL hasn't been doing that great lately for me. Yeah. Okay. So I, br- I brought it down to two stars. But yeah, Chiefs, you heard it here. That's one of the picks. So that's a free pick that we're giving out. It's Chiefs minus one and a half. Uh, it's a two-star play. I'm going to take it right now. Yeah, mark it down. <laughs> All right, so, I actually have a pick too. I, um, I went with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, over 25 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he averaged over 40, just over 40 on the season. And uh, he went over... 11 out of the last 17. Okay, wow. Unfortunately, he only had two targets on the last game, which is concerning, but I'm not looking at just one play. Just that one bad one doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have a bad playoff. But uh, I don't know. It's a good play. I I feel like if he has one or two big plays, he's going to get over the 25 and a half. It's over 25 and a half? Yeah. For... um Valdez Scantling. Yeah, he averages over forty on the season. Wow, I'm, that must be just because Patrick Mahomes is hurt, and they're thinking they're not going to pass as much. I guess, but the other lines were pretty on. I was looking at all the receivers, and mm. he was the one that stuck out the most. And yeah, he's gone over sixty-four percent of the time this season, and the line was still reasonable. How are the Bengals on passing D? That's a good question. So they give up a lot of passing yards. Do they? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. They were in the top 10 for passing yards, but... For giving up the yeah. most yardage? Yeah, but they actually don't give up that, that many yards to wide receivers, so Kelsey could be having a big day. They're, they already have his line baked pretty high. Okay. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Why do you, So you think Kelsey's going to have a big day, or you can, I think you can so. imagine? Yeah. What is his numbers? Do you it, remember off the top of your head? I like think they have the line around 80 yards already. Oh, wow. Which is pretty damn high for a playoff game. I can confirm that right now. But like you said, since the Bengals, their passing D hasn't been that great, they haven't performed that great, then maybe that makes Kelsey's go up a little bit. He looked yeah. really good in that last game, man. I, I know. He's killing it this year. Yeah. We had him on our fantasy team. The YouBetSmart.com fantasy team. Yeah. That was our number one draft pick. Oh, no, that was our number, that was our round two draft pick. Yeah, we should have won it this year. <laughs> yeah, we, we won it last year. We were the champions last year. We have the championship ring right here. Um, and uh, this year we lost in the semifinals. Yeah. What did we have? Uh, the highest points or second highest points? Uh, we had the highest points. Okay. We had the highest points, but we finished second in the standings. Okay. Second second most wins. We couldn't take it down back to back, but we'll get them next year. Yeah, we'll get them next year. Yeah, Kelsey was... That's a, a big pick. I had him in a couple different leagues. Um, but speaking of picks, so that is one of your picks. Is that a three-star pick? 
It's only a two-star. My oh. NFL, since I turned the algorithm on late in the season, or since I started recording again, I should say, uh, it started off cold. But it playoffs are a little tough, and uh, the, late, the end of the season is always tough. So I just lowered the stars, just lowered it to two. So, so two two-star picks. Kansas City minus one and a half, and then Marquez Valdez Scantling over 25 and a half passing receiving yards. Receiving yards. Yeah. If he gets 25 and a half passing yards, that's you win twice. <laughs> Take the under on that one. Take Okay. <laughs> that's good. That's a five star. <laughs> uh, is there another pick? Um, is there any picks like this week? We were earlier in the podcast, we were talking about like how you, how we've done and you've been, you've done really well this week. Is there a pick that like really stands out to you? Um, I thought one was kind of interesting because I brought it up as a hypothesis on the last podcast. Um, basically, the Jokic one, where I thought if Jokic is hurt, he's going to settle more for threes. Okay, I remember that. And I normally yeah. don't like to bet over production because someone's hurt. They, I feel like they're not going to perform up to their their normal level. But uh, So I ended up going with Giannis and at a Kumpo over four and a half assists. He had a knee injury, and I was figured... I mean, it, it lined oh, wow. up on paper perfectly, so it already met all my criteria. I normally wouldn't bet the over on an injured player, but this one was the same logic. I'm like, he's got a, a hurt knee. Like, are you really going to try to take it to the hole all game, or are you going to try to dish it? And so, uh, I mean, he's been going over uh, a big part of the season. He For the assists. Yeah. Yeah. It was <clears throat> yeah. He came back. Was this his first game back from that knee injury? Uh, or did he get hurt? I don't. He didn't have much time off. If he had any time off, I just uh, it, he wasn't even like they didn't even know if he was going to play. It was questionable. But I figured if he did play, I felt like he was going to be more prone to pass the ball since he was hurt and he had a knee injury. And I mean, it wasn't like I used that as the only layer. It was like I have eight or nine layers. And then this one I would normally take off be- because of the knee injury. But now this time I decided to leave it in. And I only did it at two stars and it won. So it's just something to note that just something to track that I want to keep looking at these injured players for certain for settling for outside threes and assists. But everything else lined up, though. Yeah. So it, like it this like would have normally been a pick for you. This it would have been a higher star normally. But if, since if he, he had the injury, you put it lower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's still like a hypothesis of mine. I normally would never bet the over on an injured player, but I'm starting to look into it more. And this would have been a four star probably if he wasn't hurt. Oh wow. Okay. So I was just just because I was a little cautious. Who knows if he re-aggravates his injury or something too? You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's I I get that. There's it sounds little... like I don't know, like my the way my thinking was going. It sounds like if you think he's gonna pass a lot because he's hurt, like he's not gonna take it to the hole, he's gonna pass it. Like it would be even more than four stars. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. It's just because it's a new hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I haven't tested it out long. Like I was almost just coming to that realization on the last podcast. Because in the past, I I just kept that away because I noticed. Whenever we bet overs on an injured player, just it, we were fighting. It was conflicting trends in a way. Yeah, see, I just get too excited about these player props. Like you tell me, like we have a four star. This is one reason why it's really good to have a betting partner with you yeah. to keep like a check. Yeah. Because if I didn't have you as a betting prop, betting partner, I definitely would have some six and seven star bets. 
<laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah, the the portfolio volatility would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be, huh? Um, you know, that kind of reminds me, um, it's just something to bring up. I don't know if this is like something to bring up on the podcast or not or off mic, but, um, you know, what's interesting is now that the team $10,000 bankroll is up to around 19,000. Yeah. It's getting close to the point where like, I'm thinking about raising the bets. Yeah. You know, that's a great option. But another way to go about it would be. Instead of raising, so let's say it's at twenty thousand, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, maybe I should raise the bet. So then, instead of a one star being a hundred dollars, which is a half of a percent of twenty thousand, a one star would be worth two hundred dollars, which would now bring the one star back up to one percent. Yeah. Um, or, and then, but that means that a three star would be six hundred dollars. Yeah. And then, um. Uh, like a four star would be four hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, it just seems that uh another way to go about it is instead of so basically what you're doing is you're taking like a three. If I'm at nineteen thousand dollar bankroll and I have a three star bet, right now it's three hundred dollars. But if you're if you're doubling it to six hundred, you're basically making it a six star bet in a way. If you think about it, you know what I mean. I. Can you explain it one more time, sir? Okay, so yeah. like if if the if the bankroll's at twenty thousand dollars, yeah, yeah, and right now I'm doing three star bets, yeah, they're actually only one and a half star bets. Yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're raise, if you're just saying like, okay, now three hundred three star bets are not worth three hundred anymore; they're going to be worth six hundred. Yeah. To bring it back up to three percent. Yeah. It really is only three percent. Yeah. But but by the way that I'm betting now, it's really making it like a six star bet. In a way, I got you. Does that make sense or no? I got well. I, I got what you're saying before. Like we right now, you're betting less than three percent on a three star. Yeah, that's a lot less as your portfolio is growing because it's almost doubled. Yeah. So so a three star bet is really only like one and a, a little over one and a half percent rather than three percent. Yeah. Because the bankroll is high. Yes. So what's your idea of how you're gonna you're gonna double it? So where you're betting 600 instead of 300. Well, a more conservative thing. So, so if I'm betting, if I say like, okay, now I'm doubling it. Yeah. Then it makes a three star bet 600 rather than 300. Yeah. Or as I approach Uh 20,000, I can just start doing more four star bets and more five star bets. Okay. Like that's another way to think about the stars. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to do this. This is just something that like rattled around in my brain earlier today because if I just double my bankroll, if I say three stars are worth 600 now, that's actually making it a six star bet because it's doubling it. But if I do four, if I just say like, I'm keeping the same amounts, but now I'm doing four, I'm like, if it was a three star bet, I would do a four star. Yeah. It's actually being more conservative than doubling. I get what you're saying. I, I, I like the approach of just keeping the stars the same instead of doubling the stars. Uh, just because you're going to double your portfolio or double your, uh, yeah, the whole portfolio every f- once a year, twice a year, potentially. And so your stars are going to eventually be like 10, 20, 30. And people are going to like right now, the stars are a percentage of their portfolio. 
and eventually it would be like one bet would be like 30 stars or something that's the downfall because when we get new people on Mm -hmm. and they're like why am i betting a 30 what (laughs) what does this mean yeah you know it gets out of control but i'm just so it could be a little bit of a hybrid it could be like as it approaches twenty thousand, uh-huh. I might start doing a little bit more, like four stars, yeah. rather than move them up. Yeah. But eventually, yeah, like yeah. let's say it gets to twenty five thousand, uh-huh. then I'll say, okay, now the stars are doubled. But then all of my bets, you'll notice, will drop down to like two stars. Okay. And then that's just a way to be even more. It what it does is it brings the volatility of the bankroll down a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it that you get to talk it out with me and the listeners and brainstorm about what your your next move is and what you're going to do when you get there. So that's the beauty of once you get up to that, uh, your goal, then you can potentially raise your bet size and make it more worth your time. So you're making more per hour. And then you also have to think about the downside. Sometimes you have a pullback in the market and you eventually have to lower your bets to re- reduce the volatility and you're just basically managing managing your bet size according to your bankroll. I'd be interested to hear like what people say. All five listeners, yeah. you can uh, DM us on uh, or just text us because we probably know you. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, what 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 do you think about that? Like, yeah. am, are we missing anything? Does it sound like a good idea? Should we double our bankroll? When should we double our ba- uh, double our bets? It's just a. It's very interesting. Well, as we're building this ten thousand dollar bankroll all the way up to a million. Yeah, it's interesting to see what people think about the different steps. Yeah, that you take along the way. I know in the past we've kind of once we double our bet or double our bankroll or even maybe maybe one and a half times our bankroll, then we like to bring the bet size up, double the bet size. I feel like that's worked well with our portfolios in the past, but obviously it's everybody's different and they're going to want to do it different ways. And true. That's the beauty of this is that we'll give you our strategy that's working for us and you can apply it to however, I don't know, works for you. You could, uh, I, I've talked to one of my friends about it. Um, he basically, he's used to the, the crypto fluctuations where there's a high volatility and some people might not really want that kind of high volatility. So we have a little bit of freedom in how they can personalize their own portfolio or their own bet size by lowering the volatility. And so let me just give you an example. So right now, if if you're just doing all of our picks at the stars we recommend, there's pretty high fluctuations. And I, I would love to measure the the beta or the volatility in our portfolio just to know what it is. But I would I would say that our portfolio right now is closer to crypto swings, like the highs and the lows. And um, if somebody wants lower volatility, I would say they could just take um, only our three stars or higher. And then they could even lower our stars, like instead of betting 3% of their portfolio um, on a three star, they could just bet one star on all our three stars or something. I don't know. It just depends on how conservative somebody is or how much they how much risk they like. So that's true. I'm willing to bet that most people are more riskier than they should be though. Yeah, I agree. And that we should really try to like preach, uh, to be more conservative. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you are, if you're the type of person out there who's like, I'm, I, you guys are too volatile and I need to be more conservative. I mean, 
we don't have to tell you anything. You've got, <laughs> you know, you've got it all. You got the right mindset yeah. to be a sports better. Yeah. If you're ta- if you're looking at our three stars and saying I'm only want to do this one out of one star, yeah, you're already on the right track. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I would I would think the people with the bigger portfolio might even do lower stars. If you got a million dollars in your portfolio, you might not want these huge swings. But somebody that's only got a hundred bucks and they're trying to make something out of that hundred, they might want the bigger swings. Makes sense. Yeah, you want to try to get it up there quicker. Yeah. Yeah, because what's losing a hundred dollars? Yeah. But like losing a million dollars is like no, I'm gonna make sure that I do not do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I feel like this should be geared towards like what our strategy is in the long run, especially if we're gonna cap it at a thousand customers and we're gonna raise the prices to make sure we only have that small community. Mm-hmm. I really feel like this is gonna turn into more of larger gamblers like guys that have i think we picked ten thousand dollar bankrolls for a purpose because i really feel like this strategy is more geared towards that type of better yeah than a hundred dollar better yeah definitely which might i might have just totally uh made a bunch of people out there uninterested in this podcast but well at least they can get in at at an early rate or like a low rate right right at the early stage so now yeah. they have a chance to increase their portfolio before we have to raise our prices. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, I just would, this is to- completely off topic, but we were, you were talking about our friends listening to the podcast and, um, uh, one of your buddies, itchy, he sent me, uh, did he send you that message about Jaron Jackson? Yeah. That was so interesting. That just happened within like the last 24 hours and it involves, sports betting and fantasy sports because it's a stat thing that this um like a stat increase that this guy who uh put out on reddit on the reddit form he claims that the statistician for memphis um is padding his stats and he and in his claim he like shows like different examples of where he's padded the stats and it only happens at memphis and he thinks that like maybe he's profiting off this on a bet. Yeah, I saw Itchy sent that to me, and it it looked like a really compelling um, post. And he had a bunch of data to back it. But right afterwards, he sent me another text uh, later on, and it said apparently it's been debunked, but still interesting. That might have came from my text because oh. I texted him. Oh, he probably just copied and pasted it or something. Huh? To me. Uh, he, I don't think he copied and pasted it, but. Uh. I was telling, uh, oh. I'll I'll push back a little bit on you because it's more interesting if if we have a debate. Yeah, yeah. Like when I read it, yeah, yeah. I did at first. I was like, yeah, th- that's interesting because in my mind, I'm like, I can see this happening. Yeah. I can see people, statisticians like trying to pad stats and then making money off of like overs and unders or or whatever. Um, I could see it happening, but. Th- the guy's argument on the Reddit thing, I actually didn't find it compelling. Like I thought I thought he had holes in his argument because okay. he was talking about stats that like can fluctuate from year to year. He was so adamant in like his stats are like a, almost double at home than they are away. And that we look at stats all day long. I see stats I'm just searching stats all all year and i see that fluctuation from year to year i see whole teams that do way better at home than they do away so that 
and he was so adamant just on that fact. Yeah. And plus, it was only like, <clears throat> I'm just going to throw numbers out there, but he's like, at home, his steals and blocks were 80. On the way, they were 40 in 17 games. And at home, he had 20 games. 17 games and 20 games, that's not enough stats to have anything significant. Yeah, you need true. like... you need at least a thousand games before you can significantly say this is happening. So it's a good idea in theory. I I thought it was a good idea. Like I see what he's saying and, and he could be right. The guy could be padding the stats. I just, I didn't feel like you can just say that right then and there. And then, so what I did is I looked it up. I just looked for follow up. I was wondering if somebody actually picked up the article. Yeah. And, um, and I found CBS Sports, a guy that I follow on Twitter. Can't remember his name. I should look it up. He wrote an article about it. And he said he kind of debunked it in a little bit. He just explained the process of how stats get accumulated in the NBA. So what happens is he, he said like one or two, he said two or three things to debunk it. But one of the things is he's like, well, um, the way that stats are collected is there is a guy in Memphis that is unaffiliated with NBA, with the NBA, and he Memphis does hire that guy to make the stats. But then what the NBA does is they hire a third party to l- review his stats and then go through and like change stats if he's wrong. And that company is a third party unaffiliated with the the guy that the Memphis Grizzlies hired. Oh wow. So they do like a double check. They do like a checks and balances of the stats. So he's like, it seems hard to believe that the third party would also come up with the same. And then an NBA analyst who I also forget his name, he (laughs) saw the Reddit thing. And so he, he's like a, a known NBA analysis. He's like, let's go through every stat. So what he did on Twitter is he put up a video of every single one, all 80 of the steals and blocks. Yeah. And then he's like, let's re- just review them. And he like reviewed all of them and talked about them. And he said he found probably three of them. So out of the 80, three of them are probably wrong and they should be changed. Okay. But that's not enough to say. So I just think, I guess what I wanted to say is it's, it's interesting that like people care so much about this stuff. It's exciting. Yeah, it's kind of really um it's all about the integrity of the game too right if if people are cheating some way and moving the lines to get an edge then it i don't know hurts the whole the whole integrity of the game so i think that's why maybe that reddit guy was a little i don't know interested on trying to figure that out but like you said if if they really researched it and you look through all the videos and there's only three of them then that's not a great sample size and it's a big and it's um it's the integrity of the game and it's the integrity for sports betters yeah. because one of the things that Itchy said he's like Caesars took off the defensive player of the year off the board because uh Triple J Jaron Jackson Jr he's up for he's probably the leader for defensive player of the year because of all these like crazy steals and blocks that he's had this season yeah and they took it off so it's good that there is integrity in sports betting because, and they're going to find out that, yeah, he still should be the leader because there's people at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. he was plus 10,000 to win defensive player of the year. Wow. And if anybody bet that, and then he's been doing great, and then they say like, no, 
it's not allowed yeah. and they take that bet away from these people. Yeah. Like that would be, that's integrity of sports betting. Yeah. So I'm glad they're like actually checking it and saying, no, he is the best defensive player as of now. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that like we have a community of sports bettors now. There's enough people yeah. that keep that integrity intact. Very good point. Yeah. I like it. All right. That's all. Yeah. Let's sign off on the, on the high note. No, just kidding. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations uh, for this week? I don't know. I, I I brought up Moneyball. I didn't recommend that last time, but we talked about it on one of the last podcasts. Okay. I would just say, I don't know. We talked about it. I might as well recommend it. It's a really important book for me and you, and I feel like our listeners should appreciate the value in it, too, if they haven't seen it already. I love the movie, too. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever read the book, but I, I love the movie. Uh, I listened to the audiobook. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, Moneyball? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't think I ever have. I I know I've listened to a few. I'm pretty sure I listened to that one, too. I'm, I heard that the book is actually better than the movie. I'm sure. That's what they all they all say, right? The book is always better than the movie for the most part. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm such a huge fan of Brad Pitt, too. He's like one of my favorite actors. Yeah. He killed it. It was a classic, for sure. So Moneybug, so go watch that again. I'm yeah, sure, and Jonah Hill too. Jonah Hill is good too. Yeah, I'm sure anybody listening to this probably has um, seen Moneyball, but go back and watch it again. Yeah, and if you haven't, spoiler alert: Brad Pitt dies. I think. <laughs> so my uh, my recommendation is uh, so I was t- I was talking earlier about how I'm like addicted to TikTok right now. Yeah, and there's two things that my algorithm seems to say like, Hey, you are going to like this stuff. <laughs> One of them is conspiracy theories, Okay. but I try, I'm trying to get away from that because like watching a bunch of conspiracy theories right before you go to sleep. Not does, the right way. Yeah. It's not, you wake up in the middle of the night, like in a cold sweat. <laughs> the second thing I noticed is it sends me a lot of like uh, stock, like stock guys, stock information, like uh, guys who are like, do this stock. And I came across this one called quiver quantitative. Okay. And he basically his his algorithm that he set up is it's a step by step process. I'm going to narrow it down to two filters. One filter is when someone gets a government contract, like let's say Raytheon or Lockheed Martin gets like a five hundred million dollar government contract. That information is public, so it sends a signal. He has a robot that sends a signal to him saying like they got this government contract, and then he he puts that up as a filter as that might be a company he wants to look into to buy the stock because they just got this like $500 million three-year contract from the government. It's kind of similar to that movie war dogs where they were, they had a, that website where they would see all the contracts and then they would get the contracts. Yeah. Um, for guns, I think they were gun running, yeah, exactly. something like that. Yeah. But this is kind of a similar, it's like a, a knockoff of that. And then also, it also gives it the second filter is it gives them a signal when a politician buys a certain stock. And then it gives them a third signal that if that politician is on the board where that company of that stock. So let's say like that politician runs the board of food. And then this this politician just bought five hundred million dollars worth, worth not five hundred five hundred thousand dollars stock in like Kellogg's, the yeah. cereal brand. Yeah, like he feels like that guy knows something, like insider information. Yeah, and so he basically like piggybacks off of that. I love it. 
So I don't know. It was just interesting. I was like down a rabbit hole on that. Check out um, Quiver Quantitative. I mean, I'm sure people who listen to this podcast, they also are interested in investing in stocks too. So just check out that that website. You can like really dive down the hole on that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out. You sent me a video. I didn't get to watch it all yet. Okay. Yeah, the video had a little bit of, to do with the war dogs, but then it, it goes into his stock theory. Yeah. And then if you just watch all of his videos, like they're very interesting. I was, I got, I think I watched every single one of them. How many videos does he have? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. All right. Well, I think that's it. We've gone way over. Um, They're kicking us out of here. Uh, Check us out on social media. It's at You Bet Smart. That's on TikTok and Twitter. The two ones that we mostly hang out on. We got to get those YouTube videos up. We have to... We keep on telling everybody that we're gonna have YouTube videos and we don't. So we will have those up soon. Yeah, that, that's the next step in this process. Let's do it. Um, you have anything else to say, Jake? Uh, not much. I'm just looking forward to next week and having some results and seeing how we do. This is kind of fun, reflecting on how we did each week. It is. God, I feel like I'm just gonna come back like in the worst mood next week because <laughs> there's nowhere to go. I just ha- I'm gonna have to fall down unless it goes straight up. Like, that's, yeah, that's the only way you can improve is if it's perfectly 90 degrees straight up. Yeah, I mean, if I go up like a little bit, I'm gonna be depressed every day. <laughs> so that's why I'm in such a good mood, and we'll see how I come in next week. Yeah, sports are so humbling though. So it we, is. It could be a completely different podcast next week. Yeah, it's gonna be like. <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'll, we'll talk next week, Jake. Right. Sounds good, Scott. All right. Later, brother. Bye.